of who God is and what he can do based on the, the, the visceral, real truth of our reality that we're wrestling with. And all of a sudden what can happen is we lower our theology and we turn God into some form of good living pain management rather than deliverance. And, and that's why I think it's so valuable that we stand together and we stand with one another and we look at the person next to us who's struggling and saying, man, let's believe again. I don't wanna stand up here for the next 40 years of ministry and just teach you how to deal with what God wants to deliver you from. I wanna see deliverance in your life. And I'm not saying if you haven't been healed or you're prayed for, you don't get healed, you don't have faith, absolutely not saying that at all. I'm saying believe again this morning. I know it's hard, it's tough, but believe again, step in to the encounter. Think about this guy's life. He has a get up and walk moment. Can you imagine? Get up and walk. Can you imagine the audacity of someone saying that to you? And if, if you struggle with a chronic illness, could you imagine just the spiritual and personal audacity of someone to look at a paralyzed person and just tell them in such simple terms, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus, get up and walk? It's powerful. But I believe some of you this morning... I really prayed a lot before I said this. I believe something this morning God wants to give you, whether in your mind for healing or your body for healing or your heart for healing, I believe that for some of you today is your get up and walk moment. That God is speaking in under the authority of the name of Jesus and he's saying, get up and walk. This man, he came for provision, but he left dancing and leaping. Come again to the altar and say, God, you know what? Uh, I came crawling, but I want to leave leaping, and I'm just going to keep coming. Someone at prayer on Monday, one of my favorite people uh, said this, and I won't call it out because it's prayer. You know, we can't. They said, yeah, can you pray for me for this? And I'm just going to keep bringing it until it's healed. And I was like, amen. <laughs> like, like, I need that in my heart. Like, come on. Like, I'm just gonna, and it was like, it was like they had this kind of like tenacity, this sassiness to it. It was like, I'm just gonna keep bringing it till I'm healed. And you know what? Like every day I'm bringing it. And I love that about this moment. I'm just gonna keep going to the temple and believing that God's gonna move. The fourth thing this morning, step into the testimony. Acts 3.11, it says the healed man, he clung to Peter and John. Because I think he is, it's almost hard to believe that it was real. Like he didn't want to let him go because he didn't want to fall back down, right? He gets up and he's leaping, but then he's clinging on. I think so often when we become healed, whether it be in our heart, whether it be in our mind, in our body, we cling to the ways of our past. And can I tell you and encourage you this morning that if God has healed you, then leave it behind. Lazarus, when Jesus calls him out of his tomb, what does it say he does? He takes off, he removes the grave clothes. He removes the thing that tied him to the grave and he steps out. I've noticed that when we pray for people, one of the hardest, scariest moments you've ever prayed for somebody is asking them, how do you feel, right? Because in that moment, you have to decide, whew, 
if you are healed, you're like, I'm stepping into this. If God frees you and releases you from addiction and lust and chains and brokenness or, or things in your body or things in your mind, when he releases you, I wanna encourage you, don't also hold on to those past ways. Don't also hold on to those past things, the past habits, just like the man clinged. Eventually, what testified wasn't that he clinged to them, but that he was standing and jumping. And God has called us to be people who step in, say the old is gone, the new has come, I step in. I used to not even be able to walk and now I leap. Can I tell you, there's testimony in your leaping, church. There's testimony in your leaping that the world is surprised that you even walk, but God says, I'm gonna have you jumping around praising me. I'm gonna have you jumping around declaring the goodness of God. Acts 4, 19 through 21, this is the, and I wanna read it again because I believe that it's powerful and speaking to us, church. Uh, but 419 says, but Peter and John answered them. They're talking to the core. They said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we had seen and heard. If you wanna take bold steps of faith, if you wanna take on the world and all the things in it in faith and not by the power of yourself, if you wanna to learn to take a step into faith, then you gotta take a step into the testimony. The miraculous is so undeniable. And one of the funniest things to me is watching people trying to explain away the miraculous. Like I've been in places where, where some miraculous thing has happened and then doctors are trying to explain it away. And, and I just love the moment. So they're like, well, you know, maybe the interior lobe was something and now he's not dead. You know, it's like the miraculous is undeniable. And if we can see the miraculous move, it'll be the greatest testimony to this church, right? The miraculous is undeniable. I, I, think, I think of this, my wife and I had these like health complications and had issues, um, you know, with our, trying to have a, a child and our first child. And the doctors basically told us like, um, like you probably won't have kids you know, it's probably not gonna happen. And I think that's really devastating news um, when you're young people and you, you hear these things and you just go home and you're just thinking like, oh my gosh, like what does this mean in my life? And we literally, we got pregnant two days later. And so then we had this diagnosis and this is how my brain works. I was like, okay, I have this diagnosis. You're not gonna have kids. And then I have a baby like two days, two days later, not like 200 years later, two days later, like, probably like a day and a half, two days later. And so when the world comes against me and it begins to speak in and, and, I, and I'm deciding whether I'm not gonna take a step of faith, I can hear my daughter screaming from the other room. And normally I would be annoyed, but in this moment I begin to think, you know what? I go back to the testimony of this toddler and I say, man, if God moved, he's gonna do it again. If he's done it before, he can do it again. So then I step out in faith because I'm stepping into the testimony. I'm stepping into what God has done. And I say, man, the enemy can whisper whatever he wants, but he cannot yell louder than my toddler, right? He cannot yell louder than my baby. So I go back to it and say, you know what? Today, I feel like garbage and the enemy's doing a pretty good job of beating me up and I'm having trouble believing and taking a step of faith. I'm, I believe in big things for this church and I wanna step in and I'm, and I'm fighting and I'm battling and I'm interceding and I'm praying and I'm like, oh my gosh, today sucks. But you know what? I hear my daughter just worshiping the Lord and singing who you say I am in the other room and I can't help. Also, thank you, children volunteers. You're amazing for making my child love the Lord. Uh, and, and I can't help but look at her and say, God, you've done it. You can do it again. 
And I might be on year 39, but I'm going again. I might be on day 3,400 million, but I'm going back again. And I'm saying, God, you've moved, you can do it again. And I'm pressing into the testimony. Surely I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna keep believing that till the day I die. There's some things in my life that I pray for every day. And if I don't see them, I'm gonna go to the grave with them. Then I'm gonna be in heaven. I'm not gonna care about them anyways. But I'm gonna live a life of faith that was built around the testimony because I'm not gonna let the enemy steal my faith because God has so much potential for you and I if we take steps of faith. And the enemy wants to rob us of that. He wants to rob us of that. But God wants to do something. And he's saying, if you would take a step, step into the testimony that will build your faith how crazy is this the council the court wants to punish them think about this you you pray for somebody they get healed then the then the court comes and says you can't do that you cannot heal people you're like oh okay you you have to stop telling people about that just don't tell anyone and then you have a guy who used to be paralyzed next to you you think i think people are going to notice like, I don't think we had to say, we might as well, because I think people are going to notice. Like, this guy's 40, and he's healed. Like, everybody knows this guy. I mean, this is Ted. Like, everyone knows Ted. Ted was the crippled guy that everybody walked by. He's going to convict the heck out of these people. And they see Ted, and they're just thinking, like, not, like, here's them in court, and they're saying, hey, don't say anything. And here's Ted, and he's just dancing, right? He's just doing his thing. That was it. That was for Gianna, right? He's just wandering around, and he's talking, and he's talking with people, and he, you know, he's on the elliptical, and he's just doing his thing. And there's no denying what's happening here. So the world can come against you and say, don't talk about it, don't tell anybody. But they say, but I think people are going to notice. Can I tell you, church, if God moves in the miraculous, introvert or extrovert, I think God's going to notice. You're like, I'm introverted. I don't know how to reach people for the gospel. Great. Well, let's pray that God moves in the powerful miraculous and then turns out people are going to notice. People are going to notice that God's moving. People are going to notice that God's changing. If you're the lame man, I've been that guy praying that God would heal, that he would release, that he would free, that he would break things in my mind and in my life. Turns out I didn't have to do much except live in the freedom. Turns out people are going to notice because I stepped into the testimony. And he's dancing in the streets and he's praising God. And the court says, you can't do that. And God says, overruled. That's exactly what's happening. I'm building my church. 2,000 people got saved. Do you think this church would grow if God moved in the miraculous? Not for our might, not for our authority, not because we really want two services. Do you think the church would grow, that lives would be changed, that people would be healed, that bondage would be broken, that sex trafficking would be removed from this city, that lives would be changed, that drug addiction would be chased out, that anger would escape the hearts and the heads of the people in this city, that depression and oppression would leave? Do you think that something would change if we stepped out in faith and said, I might trip, but I, I'm living a take a step life and I'm gonna see something? Do you think something would happen, church? Do you think we'd see something? Do you think the church would go from a movement that prays you come around and give in the summer to a movement that is unstoppable? Do you think that that would be a healthy shift for us as a people? I, I believe so. I believe that there's freedom. Would you stand with me? I'm gonna invite the band forward.
One of my favorite things about this church is that God is doing something and I've been meeting with people and God is doing something in, your, in the lives of people in this church. And the reason that I love it is because I'm not good enough at this that it could possibly be me, but it's only God. That God is moving in this church. God is moving in this church. He's moving in this place. You never really grow to a point where you can retire from stepping out in faith, amen. Some of our uh, most faithful people are our older people and I hear the stories of what God's doing in their life as they're taking steps of faith. They've stepped in to good relationships, people that have carried them and points in their lives into the promise, into potential. They stepped into the path in their life at some point, either to receive healing or to be worked through for healing. They stepped into an encounter with God. They were not afraid. Maybe if they were afraid, they just had enough faith to combat it. And they stepped into the testimony and live out a testimony of the living God, of what God can do. And I believe, church, that God is calling us not only to believe and profess, but to take a step. James 2, 14 says, if people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Taking a step of faith that unlocks our potential in Christ Jesus, but you gotta take a step. Not take a stand that keeps you where you are, take a step that puts you into the path of what God wants to do. Maybe some of you this morning, you came in and there's something maybe in your, in your body and you're saying, God, I need you to heal me. Maybe there's something in your relationships, in your family, where you're like, I need the healing of God. Maybe there's something in your mind or your heart. Maybe there's past brokenness, bitterness, anger, hurt. You say, God, I need you to heal. I'm just gonna take a step. I'm just gonna like, just put myself hockey player style on the altar and say, God, would you move? I don't wanna leave till you've moved. I'm coming before you again. And just like this man, I'm not giving up on your 39. I'm going to your 40. I'm taking this step and I'm saying, God, would you move? I'm coming again. Tell me this morning, I, I believe that God wants to give you boldness. God wants to use you. God wants to work through you. You struggle with this because of anxiety. You maybe struggle with this because you're not sure, or maybe there's a fear, but you're, you're thinking in your heart, man, God, there's something there for me. There's potential for me that I've not seen yet. There's something for me that I've not even seen open up yet. And I'm gonna take a step of faith and say, God, would you do something in my life and begin to work through me? I'm taking a step as a symbol to say, God, I'm here. Would you work through me? Would you close your eyes, bow your heads with me this morning? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just pray right now in this moment, I'm praying that God would move on your heart. Can I tell you, if you're like the paralyzed man who has come every day to the temple, we stand here with you as the friends that wanna encourage you towards the path of the potential and the path of the miraculous. And we stand with you together today, not playing church, but being the church saying that there is power in the encounter with a living God. And that it might not have been last week when you prayed for it, but it can be today. 
Today can be the day and don't miss it because of fear. Don't miss it because your heart aches, because your heart hurts because you've come before. Don't miss it. So what if today is the day God wants to move, he wants to change, he wants to shift, he wants to break free, he wants to change things in your life, in your relationships, he wants to change things in your heart and your mind, he wants to break loose the things of the past, he wants to break loose your hurt, he wants to break loose your fear, he wants to break loose your anger or your addiction, he wants to break it loose today in your body, the healing, the parts of your body that have not been lined up and working correctly, he wants to heal this morning and God's saying, would you take a step? Would you step into the path that I might encounter you? That some of you this morning, you've known the Lord, you, you, you followed him, but you read these stories and you're saying, my reality does not match up to the theology that's in this word. You say, God, I, I wanna reach my full potential. God, I don't wanna, I don't wanna live just living life, stepping over the promise, stepping over the miraculous. I wanna step into it. God, I wanna see deliverance in my family. God, I wanna see deliverance in this city. God, I don't wanna, I don't wanna step over the miraculous, step over what you're doing, step past what you're doing, just to go on living and go on doing. I want more than the mundane. I want the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in my life. And I wanna, I wanna be used for your glory. I wanna be used for your power. I don't want church to just be this thing I attend. I don't want to be this participation church. I want the full potential that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you this morning, God is calling you out to more than you have ever seen. And he's saying, would you take a step? Would you take a step of faith? And right now with your, with your eyes closed and your head bowed or wherever you are, you're just, God is moving on your heart. And he's saying, would you take a step? Would you step out? into faith and see that I would not meet you there and do more than you could ever imagine this morning. When we read Acts, this is not just a fun, neat idea of how we ought to live. This is, this is our life, this is our church, this is what we're called to be. And decades and centuries of tradition and religious infrastructure have removed the dangerous and removed the power of the Holy Spirit that is calling you right now in this moment to say, take a step of faith and see that I would not move in power and glory and authority in your life like you could not imagine. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm gonna give two calls this morning and I'm gonna divide the room here and uh, the people, actually you can look up if you need to, I just realized I got a point. Over here, I'm gonna invite you up in this place in just a moment, if you're willing to take a step and say, I, I need healing. I'm the man on the mat and I need healing in my life. I need healing in my home. I, I'm just, whatever it is, I, I don't need to know, you know how God wants to move. And you're saying, I, I don't wanna leave here without getting prayed for. I'm gonna tell you this morning, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give to you this morning. Let's believe it together. So in just a moment, you're saying, God, I'm praying that I would be healed. I'm gonna invite you up right here. 
Second thing this morning is if you're believing that God will move in faith and you're gonna step out in faith and believe God's gonna move in power and authority in your life, I'm gonna invite you to step kind of over here in this area and say, God, I'm stepping out. I wanna see more, God. I, I've really been living with what I think is a neutered expectation of the power of the Holy Spirit, but I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's a story, and I'm just gonna share this real quick before we call it. There's a story where Thomas Aquinas comes to Pope Alexander at the time, and he comes before in, in, into uh, the building, and he sees on the table all the gold, and the Pope looks at him and he says, we can hardly say silver and gold we have not. And Thomas Aquinas looks at the Pope and he says, yes, but can you say get up and walk? Can I tell you, church, this is great. It's great we got some silver and gold, but can we say, get up and walk? Who wants to take a step this morning and say, I'm stepping out in faith because I want to see people healed. I want to see lives changed. Would you, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite on one God. We pray this morning, Lord. I pray that you would stir the heart right now, people. God, you're moving on their heart to make a decision to say, I step out in faith. I step out in the authority of who you are. And I pray, God, would you heal me? God, would you move in my life? Or God, would you instill me with the boldness that comes from you? The boldness to move, God. We choose this morning, though we might be afraid though we might be unsure, though God, we might have taken a step and fallen and embarrassed ourselves, we choose again to take a step. And because we take a step not to the altar of mankind, not to the altar of the church, not to the altar of banner, but to the altar of Jesus Christ, the living God who heals, who loves us, who will not let us fall, but holds us in his arms, we choose this morning to take a step. Jesus' name we choose. Remember one, if you're coming out and you're saying this morning, God, I, I, I need healing. I don't wanna leave until God has moved. I'm gonna have the band start playing this song. I love this song. Uh, it talks about this expectation in the spirit. They're gonna begin to sing that over you. Two, we're gonna believe, hopefully they're gonna begin to play it. We'll see. Two, if you're praying that God would embolden you and empower you by the Holy Spirit, taking you there. We're at least going to lay you in the way so God's got a trip over you because we're taking you there. Not, we're not leaving you out here. We're taking you closer to the promise. Amen? Amen. So the paralytic, he steps into right relationship, and when he steps in and he's in these relationships, it sets him on the path to the miracle. The second thing, and I love this, is that as we're taking a step of faith, we step into the path. I think it's interesting, the man, he came to the temple for years, right? It says he's 40 years old. So who knows when he started coming to the temple, but he's 40. He's been doing it a while, every day for 40 years. But I love what it says that it lays him, uh, they sat him, or, uh, let me go ahead, laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. So they lay him by this gate, the beautiful gate. This is what makes what Peter says more powerful. The beautiful gate was this incredible gate that was set up in the temple to come from kind of where the Gentiles could be into where the Jewish people could be, in, into, this beautiful air, into this area where only the Jewish people could really go. But the gate was called beautiful. It was built later um, as part of the temple as, a, as another gate. And people argue about what gate is, but I have the microphone, so this is what it is today. Um, <laughs> but the gate was gorgeous because it was covered in ornamentation and design. It had 
silver and gold ornamentation on it, right? It had all the provision, like if this man could just break a piece off, it was all that he could ever have. So they lay him really in the path of this, under this sign and like the hopes that people would come in. And as was the practice, when you would come into worship, you would give money, you would give alms. So they bring him in and they lay him in the path under the gate named Beautiful. And I think oftentimes in our life, some of our best things like, if I could just get something, right? I Just get me near provision, right? So I could get something. And he's trying to get money. I mean, this, this guy is trying to get alms, he's trying to get money. But he's also, I, I think, in this moment, because he, he chooses a specific place, believing in what's happening inside the temple. Now, he can't go in, can't be part of this, but he's believing in what's happening, that God is a healing God, that God is a powerful God. And I like this attitude, if I'm gonna be honest, uh, because I don't know if you've ever been there in your life, but this kind of like lay down in the path just to get anything attitude. I was watching um, NHL playoffs, and, and what I like about hockey players is they're just fearless, and it's just like, if you're on defense, first they try to stop it with their stick, and then if the guy's gonna shoot again, they kind of go down to one knee, right? They get like the whole block. But then like, I don't know how long into it, thanks man. They just, let's see if I can do this in these pants. I was gonna wear something more casual, but they just lay out like this. Like, they just lay full out like, I'm stopping anything. Y'all are gonna have to run me over to get to what you need. And I think this guy kind of has this mentality and I like this mentality. He says, I'm just gonna get in the path. I'm gonna come into church, I'm hurting, I'm in need. And I'm not like, you know, laying, I guess you could lay here, that's fine. Um, but I'm just gonna lay in the way so at least God's got a trip over me. At least something's gonna happen. I'm gonna block in every shot that's coming in in the hopes that I get something, right? I'm gonna lay under this gate. This is the layman. I'm gonna get under this gate and my whole thing is somebody's gotta do something for me eventually. I can't get this close to the house of God and not have something move in my life. And I wanna encourage you that I, I love this kind of shameless um, way of coming to the Lord is like, listen, I just need something. And I'm not gonna move, I'm not gonna leave until I encounter something from God. Can I, come to church when you're hurting. Come to church when you're angry. Come to church when you're broken. Come to church when you're powerless. And just like this man, if you feel powerless, put yourself near the powerful, right? Put yourself in a position to, to receive the, the power that comes from God. You can at least, when you're powerless, put yourself in a powerful path and just lay there, just get in and say, God, I'm gonna take a step and just be there. Something's gotta come. I'm just gonna keep going back to it. And I think this man, right, he comes to the temple for years. And I, I gotta imagine that's exhausting. But can I tell you, in this moment, today was his day. Maybe again for 20 years, 30 years, maybe, 40, maybe since birth, 40 years, I don't know. But today was his day. I think about this, Peter and John, they're walking towards the temple and they see this man who's been there for years, decades, right, laying, just calling out for provision, hoping for anything, maybe healing, and they see him. And in this moment, it made me think as I was reading this, how many people stepped over this man on the way into the temple? 
How many people, how many people that professed, professed that God was good? How many people that professed that God was powerful, that God can move mountains, that God could change lives? How many people showed that man they didn't really fully believe it by just stepping around him or stepping over him? How many people do you think this man saw in his 40 years of life step over him, step past him? How many people do you think missed the miracle that God wanted to do in this man's life, right? By stepping over this man, by stepping past this man, they missed the miracle that God wanted to do in his life, the testimony that he wanted to do in their lives, and the glory that he deserves. How many people denied God the glory of his healing power from a testimony of a life changed because they were too inconvenienced or too afraid or didn't want to take a step so they stepped around the miraculous rather than stepping into it. And they took a different path, a path around the miraculous work of God. Can I tell you, sometimes the greatest miracles in our life come in the forms of things we are stepping over rather than stepping in. Sometimes the relationships that we are stepping around could bring our greatest miracle, not by our power, by God's power. Remember, go back to that. Not our, I'm not saying our power, but the greatest miracles in relationships can be if we stepped in and took a step of faith. The greatest miracles in healing could come if we didn't step around because we were afraid and what happens and I don't know, but we stepped in in broken people, in broken lives, in people in this city. How many people in this city get stepped over daily? And what does it testify? If I step over them at Starbucks and come over and go to church at Banner Church, what does it say? Are they laying in the gate of my life? Are they in the path? Are you in the path begging God? God, would you do something in my life? Would you heal me? Would you save me? And what would it mean if someone came and rather than stepping around you and treating you like you're lesser and by yourself and alone, they stepped in and said, I don't care if I trip, I gotta step into it because you're in the path and God might do the miraculous if I would just step in and see it. I'm not going to step over because if I step in, we're going to see miracles in Scottsdale. Amen. I'm not stepping around. I'm not stepping over. I'm stepping into the miraculous this morning. Matthew 25. It's not on the slides, but I want to read it from you. When the kingdom of God comes Jesus calls the righteous to him, says, come, I've, I've prepared for you a place. And here's what he says to them. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they will answer saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When do we see you in sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did to the least of these, my brothers, you did to me. Can we be a church that does not step over but steps in? Now, what a testimony this is. I wonder if the guys before Peter and John realized what they had missed by stepping past the miraculous. I don't want to be a church that goes through its life and misses the miraculous because I'm too busy or I'm missing it and stepping over. Can I tell you, step into it. 
If you came here and, and you're hurting and you say, I need you to move, can I tell you, this is a place we will never step over. We will step in with you and believe and proclaim the healing power of God in your life. And I wanna say, get in the path like the man on, on the mat in the gate, get in the path and say, God, I, I need you to move in my life. Maybe it's your 39. What if he gave up on your 39? He'd still be paralyzed, right? You might be in year 39. Press into the next. Say, God, I need you to move. And man, if you're like me and you're saying, I don't want to step over, I want to step in. I want to see the miraculous. Amen, church. Amen. The third thing that we see, and it kind of goes with this, because when we take a step, God takes a step. Praise the Lord, right? When we step in, God takes a step and really... He does what only he can do. And can I tell you, one encounter with the living God can change everything in your life this morning. If you came in here, I want you to leave with just at least knowing this, that when you encounter the living God, it can change your life forever, change everything about you. So the third thing this morning that we see is to step into the encounter. See, the man came for what he wanted and God came with what he needed. The man came for provision. The man came for how he could understand how it works in his mind because he couldn't even begin to, to conceptualize this moment. But God came with what he needed, which was healing, which was a testimony. It just heads up. He wasn't now not poor. He was just now able to sustain, to work, to live, to jump, to testify. But God gave him something even greater and that he changed his life from the inside out into his body. And I love that Peter and John didn't come to encounter him. They just came to church. They came in with everybody else. Everybody else walked past him. They were just going into church. But it says in scripture that they saw him. They saw him. Man, God, would you give me a heart to really see people as you see them? God, would you give me a heart to see those as you see them? God, would you remind people here that no matter how lost they feel, that you see them, God? It says they saw him. The Spirit moved, it guided them. See, when we walk in the Spirit, ignited by the Spirit, the Spirit moves in our life and it stirs our heart. And now all of a sudden we see things differently. We see people not as an obstacle, but an opportunity. And all of a sudden it changes the way we live our lives, how we work in our offices and live with our homes and raise our children and, and, and interact in our day to day because we're moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they see him in Acts 3, uh, 4, it says they directed his gaze at him and they said, look at us. They have an option here. Like we just said, they can step around or they can step in. We have this word trials. Get some of this water. Thank you, Jacob. We have trials in life and they look differently, I think. Sometimes they don't look like something we're going through, but something we encounter. And every trial has a temptation. And here's the temptation, I'll give it to you. Do I trust myself or do I trust God? Every trial you face, that is boiled down. Pick a thing you're encountering in your life and that is boiled down to the essence of it. In this thing, da, 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 will I trust myself or will I trust God? And so they have this option. Will I take a step in faith and will I step into the encounter or will I not? I, we've already kind of acknowledged him, but will I step in or will I not? And Peter 
he kind of gives, I think, really one of the straightest. He doesn't even pray for him as much as he kind of just like yells at him. And he gives him like this command. It's not really like a flowy prayer. It's literally a straight command. In verse 6, he says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Whew, that makes me nervous. Does that make anyone else nervous if you were to say that to somebody? Like you encounter somebody, you're like, yeah, rise up and walk. Like I just encounter Barbara on the streets and I'm just like, rise up and walk. You know, like it would, be, it would be intense in this intense moment, but he chooses to step into it. And I love that he has the authority of the name of Jesus because can I tell you, church, it doesn't matter how dynamic things are or if the sound system does make it or not. What only matters here is the power of the name of Jesus that only Jesus can save, only Jesus can transform. My words cannot transform. The songs cannot transform. It's the power in the name of Jesus that can transform lives. Has anyone ever prayed for people and kind of like halfway through, you kind of start giving God a way out? Like, God, I pray that you would heal this person. Or, I don't know, make it suck less. Like halfway through, you just begin to give options like, yeah, maybe you could heal their relationship or I don't bring a better one or like a car or fix their TV. It's like we begin to give a God, God a way out. And that's just being real. I think we can be real together. Amen. We can be real together as we begin sometimes in our prayers to start giving God options rather than authority in our prayer. Can I tell you, God is good. God wants to heal. 